0: Good morning. morning. Today's message is entitled Living Sacrifices, Part 3 of our series. And, of course, uh, we titled it that because we should be a living sacrifice. We should be living sacrificially for the Lord. And uh, we went through last week a couple of scriptures, and we'll just review those in Romans chapter 12, verse 2. It tells us basically that... um, uh, it says, well, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable in his sight, and that's our reasonable act of worship. And we, he's telling us, don't be conformed to the world. Be transformed by the renewing of our minds so that we'll we prove what the good and uh, acceptable and perfect will of God is. Our life should be a living sacrifice. We also talked about Galatians 2.20. Says, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not, not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself up for me. Those two verses tell us that we ought to be living sacrifices. Before we go into Joseph. In in Genesis, that's where we are studying the life of Joseph as it uh, refers to and relates to a living sacrifice. What we want to do is get practical principles that you can take home today and use them today, use them over the holidays, practical principles that will help you live like Joseph lived because Joseph uh, lived a sacrificial life. What are some of the principles that you can teach your children? What are some of the principles that you can live by? What are some of the things that that was in Joseph that caused him to succeed and God to propel him to his destiny? What are some of those things? Let's look today in Psalm 105. And we're, we're talking in Psalm now 105, but we're still talking about Joseph. Still talking about him. It tells us some nice things in here that leads up to Joseph's life. Now, Psalm 105 is a psalm of God's faithfulness to Israel. It tells about his faithfulness. It's a marvelous song. Matter of fact, this, this psalm is also in 1 Chronicles 6, chapter 16. It's also there when David was, uh, when he brought the ark from the house of Obed Edom. And he brought it into the, to Jerusalem and put it uh, in, the, in, the, in the place where it's supposed to be. And he had Asap and all the, the people sing this psalm right here. Let's read 1 through 5. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, call upon his name, make known his deeds among the peoples, sing to him, sing praises to him, speak of all his wonders. Glory in his name, his holy name. Let the heart of those who seek the Lord be glad. Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his face continually. Remember his wonders, which he has done, his marvels, and the judgment uttered by his mouth. Now, now this one through five, it tells us that we are supposed to praise and thank God for his goodness, his wonders, his deeds. We're supposed to do it with a glad heart. We are supposed to, as it says, uh, make known these deeds to everybody we come in contact with. At, at the workplace, you can be singing songs. You might not sing this particular song, but you can sing songs that you know of. Some song, a song that came to my remembrance I was studying this, I was thinking of being back in the workplace, in the school system, and I would, well, I wouldn't, I didn't think I was weird, but they said I was weird. Uh, <laughs> you know, you'd be just singing, oh, what a mighty God we serve. You know, you know that, that song? It's one of those oldie but goodies, you know? What a mighty God we serve. Woo, that's a so cool, man. That's a so cool. You know, well, if you sing that and people hear you, they, they're so thinking, now, this is supposed to be a Christian. He says, what a mighty God. He says, I wonder what, what makes him think that his God is mighty. Is it more mighty than uh, money? Is it more mighty than favor from your employer? Is it more mighty than a well-paying job? Yes, it is, isn't it? So, they sometimes might come to you because they know that you serve a God. Well, a lot of times when these, these uh, Israel as a nation, when they're moving from place to place, uh, they would be singing. They had singers, professional singers that could sing. Oh, my goodness gracious. They, they did a great thing, and they had to sing certain things. Let's look in verse 6. What are some of the things that God had them to remember? Remember, because verse 5 says, remember his wonders. Let me ask you a question. Are you remembering the things God has done in your life? Are you remembering those things? Are you, are you quoting those things back to God? How good he's been to you through the years. I've told some people before, Uh, I have a little book, a notebook, that I will write down things periodically, what God has done. And if you look back in 2011, come January, you look back, what has God done for you in 2011? We are alive because of God. We are here today walking because of God. You have, a, if, if you employed, you employed because of God. You might say, well, he's not my employer. Oh, yes, he is. <laughs> yes, he is. You gave your life to him. So wherever he puts you, whatever you are called to do, then you are God's. If he gives you health, which he has, and you're able to get up, you're able to go and, and uh, work whether it's your own business or whether it's a, uh, a business that someone else owns that you're helping them to uh, cause it to succeed. It doesn't matter. It's only God has caused us to be able to do that. We need to be more thankful. And this is a good season for it. We just passed one, Thanksgiving. This is another one. But every day it should be a Thanksgiving for God. Every day. O seed of Abraham, verse 6 says, his servant. O sons of Jacob, his chosen ones. Now, see, in verse 6 through 11, what he's doing is he's laying forth covenant. Covenant talk, that's what he's doing. He's laying forth covenant talk because God is a God of covenant covenant keeping. He's faithful to his covenant. So when he starts naming O seed of Abraham, his servant, O sons of Jacob, his chosen ones. See, we're talking covenant now. He is the Lord our God. His judgments are in all the earth. He has remembered his covenant forever. Now, if you know that, that means that you can stand on that, that God will remember his covenant that we have with him. He'll remember it the word which he commanded to a thousand generations. See, he didn't just just say it to Abraham. He said it to us too. The covenant which he made with Abraham and his oath to Isaac, then he confirmed it to Jacob for a stature to Israel as an everlasting covenant, saying to you I will give the land of Canaan as a portion, as a portion of your inheritance. This is covenant talking, covenant talking, covenant talking. Let's look back at it. Let's look at Genesis chapter 22. Let's look there. If you turn with me, if you have your, your sword. And if you don't, we have a sword on the screen for you. So you can uh, look there because we'd like for you to look at the word of God. That's why i like for you to look at the word of God. Verse 16, Genesis 22. And said, by myself I have sworn, declares the Lord. Oh, Yahweh is talking. Because you have done this thing and have not withheld your son, your only son. Now, you know he's talking about Abraham when, when uh, God asked him to go up and uh, make a sacrifice of his son, and then uh, uh, he didn't have to do that. He was willing to do it. He got there and was bringing a knife down, and then he said, oh, no, stop, stop, stop. That's what he's saying here. He says, because you have done this thing and have not withheld your son, your only son, Indeed, I will greatly bless you, and I will greatly multiply your seed as the stars of the heaven, and as the sand which is on the seashore. And your seed shall possess the gate of their enemies. In your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. This is what he said to Abraham. But he also said things to Isaac. He also said things to Jacob. Listen, now we're talking about, now don't misunderstand me. We are talking about why did Joseph act the way he did? Why did he succeed? Why did he prosper? We're saying these are practical principles how all of us can prosper. We have to thank God. We have to call upon his name. We have to sing praise to him. We have to remember all the deeds and wonders he's done in our lives. We have to remunerate these things. We have to call upon these things. We have to repeat them to people that we're around. We have to talk about these things so they'll be fresh in our mind. And then we have to remember his covenant, which is started in verse 6. Let's look in um, another place. Genesis 26 Let's look at verse 3 through 5. We're talking about covenant now. We're talking about, why was he able to do this thing? Why was he able to do this thing? Joseph. It says, verse 3, sojourn in this land. And we're talking about the famine was there but Isaac he says that sojourn in this land, and I will be with you and bless you. For to you and to your descendants, I will give all these lands, and I will establish, that word establish means perform, and the King James said perform, the oath which I swore to your father, Abraham. So he's repeating it. And I will multiply your descendants as the stars of the heaven, and I will give your descendants all these lands, and by your descendants, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed because Abraham obeyed me and kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes, and my laws because of him, because of your father. This is what I'm doing for you also. Covenant-keeping God. Let's look at chapter 28. Let's go there, verse 10. this is Jacob now. And Jacob had a dream at Bethel. And um, when he had his dream in verse 12, the ladder was set on the earth with its top reaching to the heaven. And behold, angels of God were ascending and descending. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord, the God of your father Abraham and the God of, of Isaac. The land on which you lie, I will give it to you and your descendants. Your descendants shall also be like the dust of the earth. Have you heard that before? In other words, he's enumerating his covenant. Abraham, he makes it with Abraham. Then with Isaac. Then with Jacob. And, of course, the sons of Jacob. One of them is named, the, the, the 11th one was named what? Joseph. So why was Joseph able to do the things he did when he was in captivity? Why why did he succeed? I say that he knew the covenant that his forefathers made. He knew that God had made a covenant with his father. And he knew that he was part of these descendants, and he knew he was going to succeed. It was in him. Do we know that we're going to succeed? Is it in us? <laughs> oh, these are these are good things. Let's look at Galatians chapter three, verse ten. Then we're bringing it on down to us, see, eh? because we are part of that. Now here it starts talking about the law. It says, for as many as are of the works of the law are under a curse. For it is written, cursed is everyone who does not abide by all the things written in the book of the law to perform them. Now that no one is justified by the law before God is evident. For the righteous man shall live by faith. However, the law is not of faith On the contrary, he who practices them shall live by them. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law, having been made a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. In order that in Christ Jesus, the blessings of Abraham, see the word Abraham, might come upon the Gentiles so that we would receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Brethren, I speak in terms of human relations, even though it is only a man's covenant, yet when it has been ratified, no one sets it aside or adds to the conditions of it. Now the promise was spoken to Abraham and to his seed. It does not say and to seeds, yes. Each time I pronounce it, I pronounce it and make sure I emphasize seed, not seeds, as referring to many, but rather to one. And to your seed it says. That is, who's that see? Christ. What I'm saying is this, the law which came four hundred and thirty years later, that's later than God gave the promise to Abraham, does not invalidate a covenant previously ratified by God so as to nullify the promise. So the law couldn't nullify what he said to Abraham. For if the inheritance is based on law, it is no longer based on a promise, but God has granted it to Abraham by means of a promise. Why the the law then? It was added because of transgressions, having been ordained through angels by the agency of a mediator until the seed would come to whom the promise had been made. Now, a mediator is not for one part only, whereas God is only one. Is the law then contrary to the promise of God, may it never be. For if a law had been given which was able to impart life, then righteousness would indeed have been based on the law. But Scripture has shut everyone under sin. So I don't care who you are, everybody is under sin if you're not born again. Whether you're Jew for the Gentile, everybody has been shut under sin so that the promise by faith in Jesus Christ might be given to those who believe. But before faith came, we were kept in custody under the law, being shut up to the faith which was later to be revealed. Thank God it's revealed. Therefore, the law has become our tutor to lead us to Christ so that we may be justified by faith. Oh, listen now. Listen to same. But now that faith has come, we are no longer under a tutor. For, if, for, for you were all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. Oh, that's worth saying again. For you are all sons, and it includes daughters, of God through faith in Jesus Christ. You're a son of God. You're you a child of God. That's what it's saying. You're a child of God if you have faith in Jesus Christ. If you, your life is in Christ... You are a child of God, and you can't help but succeed. I'm telling you, you can't help but succeed if you're a child of God. There's no way you're going to fail. No way you're going to fail. No way you're going to let your child fail if that child, if you have the ability to keep that child from failing. You're not going to allow that child to fail if they're your child. You're not going to allow it. we can't do much about some things but God he can do all things his arms are not short that they can't say. for all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ there is neither Jew nor Greek there is neither slave nor free man there is neither male nor female for you are all one in Christ. And some people take this verse right there out of context and try to use it in other things, uh, whether it be uh, authority in the church or whatever it may be. they quote that verse. This verse is here because we're talking about salvation. All is set <laughs> under sin. And, but when, when you're in Christ... I don't care whether you're Jew. I don't care whether you're Greek. I don't care whether you're saved. I don't care. I don't care what, what you are before. you. In, when you're in Christ, you are His. I don't care whether you're a slave. I don't care whether you're free. Doesn't matter. Whether you're male or whether you're female. All are one in Christ Jesus, the word of God says. So, the, so when people say, well, man, I wish I were a Jew. Because if I were you, I'd be God's chosen people. Man, if you were born again, you're God's chosen people. Come on, you are. <laughs> Come on now. This is important. It's important. And listen to this now. This is this is ooh. This is this is verse twenty nine. This is this is awesome. And if you belong to Christ, then you are. Abraham's descendants, heirs according to the promise. Come on. Woo! My goodness gracious. And Abraham was blessed. Come on. He was blessed. God looked after Abraham. Even when he did something wrong, when he, hey, Sarai, tell him that you're my sister. You know, come on, man of faith. Come on, boy. You know, just, say, hey, that's my wife. Don't touch her. If you touch me, you're going to have to touch my God. See, he didn't say that, did he? No. Huh. God upheld him anyway, didn't he? Protected his wife, didn't he? Oh yeah. Don't touch my anointed. Ha <laughs> ha. We are God's anointed. We're Abraham's seed. We're, we're Christ's. Now, if you belong to Christ. Then you are Abraham's a sinner, heirs to the covenant. What? Answer the problem. What does Joseph have on us? What does Joseph have on us? Because he had a covenant with Jacob, with his granddad, with his great We have a covenant, right? Well, as a matter of fact, we have a better covenant, a new covenant. It's written on our hearts, isn't it? Oh, saints, I'm telling you, this is good stuff. Good stuff. Let me go back to, let's go back to Psalm. That's the promise. So we talk about uh, what what, what are some practical applications. I don't care what is coming against you. You stay praised up. You be, you know, thanked up. (laughs) You know, just seeking God's face up, you know, Remembering all the things he has already done in your life because as you remember those things, just like David, uh, King David did when he was a little old, he, he, he can come against this uncircumcised Philistine because he says that, look, this, this, this uncircumcised Philistine, he's coming against, you know, the living God. He's coming against the living God. Who does he think he is? See, he knew. He knew his God. He knew his covenant. He wouldn't say uncircumcised if he didn't know his covenant. Because in the covenant, one of the signs of the covenant, the sign of his covenant was to be circumcised. So he said, this uncircumcised Philistine, who did he think he is? Coming against the, you know, our living God. Let me at him. Let me at him. This little kid. You see? We're supposed to be to say that too. Right? Who is this devil who thinks he's going to come and take my children? Who is this, this unclean spirit that's going to come here and think they're going to interfere with my job, right? My marriage. Let me tell you something. Who is this uncircumcised? He is a fallen and We beheld him just like a fallen, like fallen, like fallen out of the sky. I tell you what, he can't do nothing against the blood of Jesus. He can't do anything, you know, against the covenant that we have with the living God. Let me at him, you know, let me at him. And you go at him with the weapons of your warfare, which are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imagination and every high thing that presents itself against the knowledge of God. You come at him, you see. You come at him with the word of God. Oh, well, I'm telling you, these are practical things now we're supposed to be doing in order to be like Joseph. Now, let's go a little further here. Verse 9 through uh, probably, uh, let's, let's, let's go 9 through 13 up that way. It says, thus he rebuked the Red Sea. Nope, I'm in 6. That's not right. That's not good. 106 can't do that. Uh, let's go to 12, verse 12, 105 Psalm 105. That's our that's our base scripture where we are today, 105. And Joseph was in there too. Psalm 105, verse 12. We did 6 through 11. Let's do 12 now through 15. When they were only a few in number, very few and strangers in it, in it they wandered about from nation to nation, from one kingdom to another, people. He permitted no man to oppress them. No man. No man. And he reproved kings for their sake. Yeah. Abraham, Isaac's sake. Saying, Do not touch my anointed ones and do my prophets no harm. Now, let's key in on this verse 12. When they were only a few men in number, very few and strangers in it. That's important. That's important for you to know because Joseph knew that. Let's look at Deuteronomy. Hold your place right there now because we're coming right there. Let's look at Deuteronomy 7, chapter 7, Deuteronomy chapter 7. I hope you don't mind turning pages. And if you have pages, you can turn them. And uh, going from Scripture to Scripture, it'll be okay. It'll be okay. When you bring your Bible, one thing it will help you to, because uh, that goes to the scripture a lot of time. it'll help you to learn where, where things are quickly. <laughs> quickly, because I move quick, because I, I have mine already marked. <laughs> 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 oh, yeah. When I first started, I didn't mark them. Man, I was turning pages, trying to need some of the pages stick together, man. I had to lick my, lick, you know, lick my, my, my finger and try to get the pages from stuck about. And I said, It's got to be a better way. (laughs) Better way. You count up all the turn pages. Otherwise, you say, man, you lost five minutes doing the whole thing. Verse seven. The Lord did not set His love on you, nor choose you because you were more in number than any of the peoples, for you were the fewest of all peoples. You hear that? So we have to remember who we are. He didn't choose us because of our greatness. In case you didn't know. We're all sinners. All All born in sin. No matter what you think your little child is, a sinner. Okay? Until they get saved by grace. And you want them to get saved at an early age. That's why you bring them to church. That's why you do things. You know, you put them put them in, in an atmosphere where they can they can learn something. You don't know what gonna, you don't know what the Holy Spirit is going to do. Uh, one person was saying, "Man, I brought somebody to service. and the message it was just a little average message. As a matter of fact, I didn't think it was too good at all, you know. And then um, I said, Whoa, well, excuse me, I, mean, I was the one who talked the message.' <laughs> but you know what, the, God did something, and they were so excited, this is what they needed. The Holy Spirit can do anything he wants to do. And, he, you know, the thing we think, oh, man, you know, this is, going, this is a great service. See, I know God's speaking to them now. Man, they don't ever come back. <laughs> if you don't have the Holy Spirit, you can forget it. The Holy Spirit has to work in hearts. That's why you have to have prayer going on, the full services and all that. Prayer going on because if you don't have prayer, then then blindness can be in people's eyes. You, you got to have prayer going on. Okay. Look what it says here. But because of verse eight, the Lord loved you. You, you. This is something that Jacob knew. Or Joseph knew. Because the Lord loved you and kept the oath which He swore to your forefathers, the Lord brought you out of out. By a mighty hand, a mighty hand, and redeemed you from the house of slavery. <laughs> from the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. This is later on, after Joseph's death. Know therefore that the Lord your God, he is God, the faithful God who keeps his covenant and his loving kindness to a thousand generations with those who love him and keep his commandments. Oh, I'm telling you, it's the love and the power. The love of God, you have to know. And you have to know we serve a big God, an awesome God who nobody can touch. He does what he wants to with whomever he wants to do it, when he wants to do it. He can do it anytime he wants to. He can have his way. Satan can do nothing but say yes, sir. That's all he can say. He got it. That's all he can do. Let me touch it. Let me touch it. He got sense. Let me. <laughs> let me. He don't say, look, I will. Uh-uh. No, no, no. That's the wrong attitude. He's about ready to, you know, to have it now. See? Because when God. Gets ready when they have that carol's time, Satan's gonna be thrown and locked up for a thousand years. God does what he wants to with who he wants to do. And if he says that I am powerful, I brought you out with a mighty hand, I love you, he loves you. I don't care what you're going through, I don't care what somebody said about you, he loves you. Matter of fact, He loved you and loved me before we were saved, right? God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He so loved the world, so that means he loved you before. When you were dirty, right, mean, unlovable, didn't love him, he still loved us, right? Oh, God is good, isn't he? Oh, he's good. Ooh, let's go Let's go back now. Psalm 105. And we talked about being praised up. We talked about with a glad heart. Oh, when you come to church, oh, have a glad heart. I was glad when they said, let us go into the house of the Lord. Hey, be glad. Some people can't go into a house of God. Jehovah, they can't do that. In some countries. No. Be glad. Know your covenant. Know God loves you. And he's a powerful, big God. Verse 16 through 18. And he called for a famine. Oh, you didn't hear me, see? See, see, you missed that. I saw it. I saw it. It went right over here. Right there, and Hit the sound booth. Wall, right there. You didn't hear it. Let me, let me, let me tell you again. He called. For a famine. Now you hear that, right? You hear that one. See, sometimes we think, well, you know, a famine came. Satan, you know, calls a famine. God called the famine. Why? Because he wanted to fulfill his covenant. That's why. He has to get, get the people into Egypt, right? Jacob thought his favorite son was dead. Oh, he had a promise. He, he, he knew the dreams, didn't he? He knew the dreams. He thought his favorite son was dead. But they didn't have anything to eat. How am I going to get this, this people, this few people, into Egypt? I'm going to call a famine cause a family. I'll get them there. Right. This is what it says. He broke the whole staff of bread. Ain't have no need. And I mean no need, man. You know, one loaf of bread. Ten families eat off one loaf of bread. That's a lot of people eating off a loaf of bread. Especially back then, they had a lot of lot of, lot of kids. Can you imagine? If 10 people had five children, that's seven people times five, 35. I don't think there's that many slices in a piece of bread. They didn't have slices, did they? <laughs> hey, you think about it now. All of the earth was in a famine. Everybody had to go to Egypt. You see? God called for the famine upon the land and broke the whole staff of bread. He sent, come on now, he sent a man before them, Joseph, who was sold as a slave. They afflicted his feet with feathers. He himself was laid in irons. So we we see what God's plan was. I told you we're still talking about Joseph. Verse 19, I want to end with that, that verse right there. I thought I might get to Genesis 39 back into the story. But we're still into the story. Listen to this 19. Until the time that his word came to pass, until the time that his word came to pass, the word of the Lord tested him. The King James will say, tried him. And if you look in the Hebrew It'll say, refined him. Just like silver is refined. Fire of This is so important. I wrote in my side of my Bible, uh, back whenever, I don't know when I wrote it, but it's up there. Very important. This is important because it's going to help you be like Joseph go through whatever you're going through. Until the time that his word came to pass, it doesn't matter whether his is small h or big h, because some uh, theologians say, you know, it's ambiguous. They don't know whether it's really Joseph, whether it's God. Um, It doesn't matter, because Joseph had a dream. It was from God. Joseph had some dreams in prison, which we'll talk about later. It's from God. In other words, all is from God. So it doesn't matter whether Joseph told a word to, to, the, uh, to, the, to the baker and the, it doesn't, to, you know, the baker and, 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 and the cup uh, taster. It doesn't, matter. it doesn't matter what he did. It's still God. So let's talk about what it really means until the time this word came to pass, the word of God refine them. We need to know that God is refining us. It's called sanctification, in case you don't know. Sanctification. And that sanctification process the Holy Spirit is taking us through, God has to allow things or cause things, and if that hurts your theology, then then so be it. Because we know that God did cause a famine, didn't he? Okay, so he did cause something that that was uh, bad to them, but it was not bad in God's sight because he had a purpose. All the earth is God's. The fullness thereof. Isn't it? Everybody in it is God's. He does what he wants to do. He's king. He's a creator. Okay? Of all things. That's right. Everybody. So God, what he wants to do, is um, he wants us to realize that his word is going to tarry. You don't believe me. Let me go to another scripture. Uh, Habakkuk. Let's go to Habakkuk. Don't even try to find it. I got it marked. (laughs) Let's look at it on the screen. Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 2 and 3 when Habakkuk was asking God why are you going to use an ungodly nation to punish Israel you know verse 2 then the Lord answered me and said record the vision and inscribe it on tablets that the one who reads it may run listen to verse 3 for the vision is yet for the appointed time in other words when the talking about the time now, the time. God's Word, until that time that it's going to come to pass, the Word of God is going to test you. The Word of God is going to refine you. The Word of God is going to try you, you see. And that's what it says here. It said, it's for a point of time, it hastens towards its goal, and it will not fail. Do you realize that when God spoke this word to Abram back in chapter 15 of Genesis and say, uh, you know, I'm going to make a covenant with you, but oh, let me tell you something, let me tell you a secret here. Uh, it's going to come a time where your descendants are going to be in captivity for 400 years. From the time he said it, when they finished the covenant, time was moving on and that word was progressing towards the finish even though they didn't know it, they didn't see it, the word God has spoken to us in here, the word he's spoken to you, uh, whether it's by the Spirit of God or whether it's by uh, whatever you get of a prophetic word, whether it's it's a dream, whether it's a vision, if he's spoken something to you, it's going to come to pass. You hear me? It's coming. It's coming. Yeah, it's coming. It will not fail. Though it tarries, it says, wait for it. Wait for it. For it will certainly come and will not delay. Or oh, we can go to many other scriptures. We can go to scriptures talking about, um, uh, you know, one that whenever we gave part of it in, in Isaiah 55, 8 on down, and my thoughts are not your thoughts, not, my words, my ways are not your ways. We can go to that one because it says his new word will not return void in that one. There's so, so many words we can go to, but I'm telling you the truth here that until the word come to pass, it's going to us. It's going to us. What has God told you? What has God told you? He, he's told us many things, but see, some things you know He said to you. You know by the Spirit of God that word is for you. I've heard many people say, well, I needed that. That, that, was, that was for me. Yep, 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 yep. And then they go right away and go opposite what, <laughs> what God is t- trying to get them to do. See, we as a people uh, in America, we are so used to McDonald's and, and, you know, Golden Corral. We just go and just, you know, go by the buffet, eat what we want to and all this kind of stuff. Don't have to wash no dishes. We, we are just used to this quick stuff. If we got to stand in line, like after service day, if we want to go to some places, uh, you're going to have to stand in line. Like go to, um, what's the place called, Olive Garden. You're going to have to stand in line. You've got to wait. And if I call ahead, hey, how long is the wait? Oh, it's 20, 30 minutes. Forget it. I'm not going there. <laughs> and wait on nobody to eat, you know. <laughs> no, no, man, I'm going somewhere I can eat quick. You know, I'm not going nowhere like that. Aren't we, aren't we like that? We don't want to wait on anybody for nothing. Even if you go to Disney World, they will, <laughs> you're waiting, but you're moving. They put you all in all these lines, and you, they, <laughs> you think you're moving, <laughs> but you're not going anywhere. <laughs> you might as well be standing still. Because we want to move. We don't, we want. That's how we are as Christians. That's what we want to do. And we want everything easy. We don't want hardship. See? And I don't preach in this church. I'm not going to teach you, uh, when you get saved, everything going to be hunkadora peaches and cream. Everything going to be nice. No. All fire going to break loose. I'm going to tell you right now. All fire going to break loose. I'm glad God saved me so I can get the right vocabulary. (laughs) Because Satan doesn't want you to be a testimony. He doesn't want you to glorify God. Now you're positioned to glorify God. You're positioned in Christ, see? He doesn't want that. So he's going to start messing with you more. Yeah. Mess with your children. Mess with your finances. Mess with your marriage. He'll mess with everything. If he can. So we want it easy. We want to get out of the profound fire. That's what we want to do. That's what we want to do. Get out of the final fire. Anything hard, anything that we don't like. Let me give you another scripture. Uh, this, is, this, is, this is not one. Don't even turn to it. Uh, you can't get on a PowerPoint. Don't, don't, don't worry about it because it's not on on the, on the message. I was doing my devotions this morning, and, and so what I got was in. I'm in numbers. I'm reading through the Bible again. And so I'm in numbers. And in chapter 15, I'd already read that uh, yesterday, but then I went back to it and started meditation. How many know meditation is of God? You got to meditate on that thing. You just can't read through the Bible and just zoom, 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 zoom. zoom speed read? No, this is, this is too heavy stuff to read, read like that. Verse 37. Uh, Nimus chapter 15, verse 37. I knew somebody was going to turn to it anyway. So that's all right. <laughs> uh, now, it says here, The Lord also spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the sons of Israel and tell them that they shall make for themselves tassels on the corners of their garments throughout their generations and that they shall put on the tassels on each corner a cord of blue. 39. It shall be a tassel for you to look at And remember, there's that word again, remember all the commands of the Lord so as to do them. The only purpose of of, of it is to get down to the nitty-gritty, do them. But listen to what it says. And not follow after your own heart and your own eyes, as which you played the harlot. Now, what came to me is that, In in that particular verse, what what the Holy Spirit was speaking to me, Christians, me, what we'll do is follow after our heart and not after what God has for us, because what God has for us seems to be harder. It's harder. It's a hard place. I'd rather to have an easy life rather than a hard life. But God saying that I'm going to refine you, if you don't let me refine you in a way, and when I want to refine you, you're going to get refined anyway. <laughs> it's just how long is it going to take you to know and you to. Yield to the refining process, some people have to hit rock bottom before they give up, say, "Help me, Lord." He' been trying to help them back when they were sixteen But in anyway, a way, as like me, take for example, I know in my own heart, I wanted to be a coach, a Christian coach, which I was anyway, but I wanted to remain that way and retire that way. (laughs) And God didn't want that. It was in my heart. It was a passion in my heart to want to do this. It's nothing bad, is it? No, it's nothing bad as a Christian. I want to be a Christian coach. And so what he did, which to, I don't know. By then I said, I said, why, God, did you do this? Why did you allow this? That's what I said. Why did you allow this? I wouldn't blame nothing on God. Why did you allow this? I me mean, to get fired from coaching. God, I just, we just won a regular season championship. Man, what was what, this? He didn't tell me anything. When God doesn't speak to you, it's okay, because he's already spoken. He's God. You're his. Your life is a living sacrifice. Joseph said, why are you allowed as God? He's God. He has your good in mind. If I were to stay where I was, I would have never retired until I had to. I wouldn't have. But I wouldn't ever be here either. Doing what I'm doing. I wouldn't be here. I didn't have time. Didn't have any desire. None. Because I have desire to do what I'm doing. My desire was a coach. Now, can your desire be something good? But God wants you in a place where he's going to refine you. And you want to get out of that place that he wants to refine you. Into a more comfortable place where I feel good,
1: right? and this is just
0: with me. You know, everybody's not like me, okay? So, so don't everybody's treated treat different. He had twelve sons. He didn't. He didn't send Reuben to Egypt. He did he? No, he didn't send Reuben. He didn't send Simeon. He didn't send any of them. He sent. He didn't send Judah. <laughs> did he? He son Joseph. God used who He wants to use. So we all have different destinies, but uh, just realize that that if if God if God has said this is the marriage I want you in, because now you can choose now before you get married, before you say I do, you better think twice, you know. <laughs> you know, and He He does it. You do it. You say okay, that's it. Then that's it, right? That's it. So, what we want to do is realize that just because my marriage is hard, let's make it work. Let's make it work, right? Some people are married to uh, unsaved people, they're making it work. Some people are married to somebody who is just atrocious, terrible. Okay, they're making it work because the terrible doesn't cross that line. If you cross the line of sin, then we, we're not going to do that. They're beating up on you and know, all that kind of crazy stuff. We're not going there. Okay? So you know that from those who've been here because I've taught the message before. Now, I'm trying to help you here that God is saying that don't go after what your heart feels. Because we say, I have a peace about this. You know? God wants me to do this. I've heard that so many times. <laughs> I have a peace. Joseph didn't have no peace, did he? He had no peace at all. He had turmoil. Joseph was was kicking, screaming. They had they had, they had you know he didn't go willingly with the Israelites. So therefore, I want you to know that if everything's not going hunkered over with you all right right now, good. Honest. Good. God is refining. He's refining. Please don't get off the potter's wheel. Please don't jump out of the fire. Because he wants you to be refined so that he can make that vessel out of valuable, you know, gold and silver. Getting the dross all out of there. He wants to get that stuff out. Right? Don't jump out of it, please. Joseph knew that. Have you ever figured that, and and, and I I just thought about this this morning, that here you have a a man by the name of Moses who, around 40 years old, leaves Egypt because he's killed somebody. He runs from Egypt and goes to Jethro's place, right? Why didn't Joseph do that? He was younger, probably run faster. <laughs> How do you feel? why he didn't do that? If he was in charge of the, of, the, of the master's house, he had all this, and you'll find out later, why didn't he just, you know, one day say, hey, look, um, I'm going over here to check things out over here, and um, I'll be back, and just, you know, take off, you know? Why didn't he do that? Somehow he knew something that we need to know. When the word of God tarries, okay, stay with it. It's going to come to pass. It's going to come to pass. When things are, all facts line up, all facts line up against what the word has said. But you're hanging there anyway. Because the word is going to come to pass. The word never fails. Oh stand to your feet. Praise God. I tell you, God is so good. Father, we thank you for your word, Lord. Your word is tried, purified. It's pure. Nothing in it but pure word. <laughs> Father, we want to be like Jesus because the word is God. We want to be tried. We know it's not going to feel good. We know um, it's it's going to put pressures on us that we don't want to have on us. We know that. But God, keep us in the fire so we can truly come out that pure and holy vessel that you want because you're coming back for a bride without spot, without blemish. Let's bow your heads. If there's anyone here that have not yet given your life to Jesus Christ, there's the time because the covenant starts when you decide, I want my life to be a living sacrifice for God because I want him to be my protector I want him to be my success I want to have my life in his so I can be one of that descendants of Abraham heirs to the promise if that's you just raise your hand and put it back down I'd just like to include you in the closing prayer anybody here that that you, you want to say this is the day Anybody here that you've given your life to Jesus Christ, but you know, and I know it, and definitely God knows that you're not really living for Him, you haven't been living for Him, but you said this day is the day that a prodigal is coming back home. Would you raise your hand and put it back down? I want to pray for you. I want to include you. Is anybody like that? Anybody? Okay, I see the Anybody else? And if there's anybody here that the message is for you. And you say, Well, God, <laughs> I don't want to go through the refining fire, but I do. In other words, like the man said, I believe, but help my unbelief. You want to go through it, but help me go through it, Lord. That's you raise your hand and put it back down, I would like to close you. Okay. Thank you. Father, for the person who and the people who are here that want to rededicate their lives. Father, you are here with open arms, just like the prodigal uh, son came home. You you, you saw him from a distance. You had your arms out. Would you uh, repeat after me this prayer for for, uh, these people? Father, I'm coming home. I've strayed but I'm coming home. I realized that I was not where I was supposed to be. And I realized that I know where I want to be. Home. I'm coming home. From this day on, I will live for you by your grace. those of you who raise your hand that you want to be able to go through the fire to be purified i'm gonna pray for you father in the name of jesus i thank you father for the people that raise their hand and minds included lord that i want to be able to go through the fire i want to be purified i want to be sanctified more and more and more lord i don't want to be the same old person that i was yesterday i want to be a new person lord i want to be able to go through things Lord. Uh, because uh, I'm going to go through them anyway. I want to go through them, Father, with success. I want to go through them, Father, bringing glory to you. I want to go through them knowing that I have a covenant. I want to go through them in faith, Father. That's what I want to go through them with. I'm not going to jump off the wheel. I'm not going to run anywhere. I'm not going anywhere because I know I cannot run. Where am I going to go? <laughs> like the apostle said, where am I going to go? Who else has the word of God, God? I don't want nothing easy. I want something, Lord, that's going to be when I get there. Oh, God, I can praise and I can thank you, Lord, for the goodness that you have been to me, Lord. That's what I want, Lord. I don't want to say I had it easy. I ran every time something got hard. And we'll give you the glory for it. In Jesus' name. Everybody say amen.